You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. Catherine, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being here. Yes, you too, Camille. Thank you for having me on your on your podcast. Yeah. What can I coach you on today? Well, um, there's been a lot on my mind lately, and it, it mostly has to do with um, the next book project that I have mm-hmm. in mind and the fact that um, my previous book, which came out about two months ago, it's it's really weighing on my shoulders, um, and it's become... I would liken it to like this ghost, but it feels less ephemeral than a ghost. Like it, it's like obviously there. Like I see the book; it's like this real thing. It's not just a figment of my imagination. Mm-hmm. And I've realized from the publication process that no one in the world can figuratively, like not literally, but figuratively, self-flagellate better than I can, <laughs> like myself, when it comes to just like reviewing everything that I, I don't want to say went wrong, but like, like I always see like the gap measuring from the gap rather than the gain. Yes. I always, yeah. And, and also I feel like it's haunting the next project in a way that's obviously, you know, not productive and not conducive to creativity. And I guess like the issue is twofold. So one is like the previous book and the large shadow that it's casting. Mm-hmm. And the second is my next book project is quite large. I think it's a big idea. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm, I, I just don't know how to approach it because it's so like shapeless and formless right now. Like mm-hmm. I just have flashes of certain things and nothing's coming together as of yet. Um, and that's not only worrying me, but it's also like I, I find that I spend literally, you know, hours just like staring off at space thinking. And then before I know it, it's like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. or like it's like 4 a.m. And, you know, nothing's happened. So listeners, welcome to the creative process. <laughs> <laughs> So I think these things are directly related to each other. I think the shadow that you're perceiving from your book that just came out two months ago is impacting your ability to show up for the next project. So why don't we start there? Tell me what you mean when you say it's casting a shadow. What what's troubling you about this book? Oh, you mean um, the one that already came out? Yeah, the one that already came out. What is the shadow that we're speaking of? Um, I think with, with every book, one has expectations and, and it's not even like expectations of other people. It's all, it's like more expectations of, of yourself. And I feel, see, I, I, maybe I'm a pessimist at heart or something. I just, I feel that there are some things I feel like let down, Mm -hmm. like I've, I've, like I failed, um, and it's it's something that's really hard to wrestle with because if you ask me like oh and like give me the facts in what concrete ways have you failed like give me like you know the the evidence mm-hmm. um i can't it's a thought 
and but it's like but it feels real it's like sometimes i can even feel it as like a like a little pressure on my chest like weighing me down um it's amazing self-awareness yeah first of all that you can identify that it's a thought it's not based in reality most of what we experience is thought-based right it's our perception the thing itself is usually not what we're perceiving it as and also i just want to like commend you for the ability to find it in your body so that tells me that you are allowing for the emotion the the emotional response you're having as a result of this thought right um but let's talk about feeling let down how are you letting yourself down what did you hope for that didn't happen here i i honestly feel that sometimes i think like oh, why didn't i i write something better Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I do it over again? And if you let me, like, this sounds so silly. If you let me, like, turn back time and do it over again, I will write it better. And mm-hmm. the result will be even better. But, of course, I can't turn back time. So fascinating to me because you do have an opportunity. You have another book. Oh, so, oh right. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. so there's something in you. That is making you stay focused on this particular book. Yeah. I don't know a single writer who's ever put out a book and not thought after. And if this is you and you're listening and you haven't had this thought, please contact me because I want to study you where <laughs> we don't think like I could have done it a little better. I think that's a really normal reaction. What I'm curious about is why you're staying there. Why is that occupying so much of your thoughts? What could be a benefit of doing that? I think in part, it's if I had, if I wanted to like analyze myself a bit, it's also fear of moving on to the next thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so comfortable to like, um, you know, the image is like stay in the cave and, yes. you know, wallow in self-pity or like make problems where there are none. It's, I think it's actually rooted and I'm just realizing this now, like as I'm talking to you. Yeah, that, so good. Yeah, that um, it's it's probably less about the previous book than it is about the future project. Yeah. And that you're I'm creating like a mountain of the future project and like so afraid to like try to like start climbing it or go down that path that I'm just holding on to to anything I can of like the previous work to make me feel safe. Yes, exactly. If you stay in the land of could have, would have, should have, you don't have to think about what's ahead of you. Yes. That's really, really incredible self-awareness, Catherine. So let's talk about why you're looking at this project as a mountain. Um, Is it tied to that standard that you're setting for yourself? Yes. And I tend to write about, um, I don't want to say like big people. But yeah, I do write about like big, you know, historical people. Um, And it's, and, and, you know, usually like my ideas have, um, how does one say it? They've all, they, it's not like, I'm the, I'm not the first one who's like tackling this, this character, Mm -hmm. um, as I'm sure a lot of people would agree with. And, and so it's difficult to, to push all that aside Mm -hmm. and say like, you know, my contribution will, will be good too. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I want to offer you that 
the thought it is easy to push all of that aside, my contribution will be good, is also available to you. Right. So before we go any deeper, I want to just offer you something that's really changed how I have shown up professionally, both as a coach and an author. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned this from this woman called Denise Duffield Thomas, who's kind of in the coaching realm. And she said that the minute she gave herself permission to contribute to the conversation, instead of thinking that she had to be the expert, Mm -hmm. she started showing up more. So I'm curious to know if it would at all help for you to think that you're contributing to the conversation around these figures instead of having to make the conversation. Yes, I think that's probably the the key issue, which is that I feel that whatever you put on paper has to, and you know, that's like built, I see, I forget the term, but like that's built into, I think the way we we perceive literature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's like, it's it's embedded in our, in our in our past i suppose that like there's a kind of you know one-upmanship of you know one story or one one version of a story being like better than the other that was told before um and and so like but that is not a helpful way for me to approach this project and and what ends up happening is that there there are so many voices in my head now Mm -hmm. um that i can't you know focus on extracting the story that I want to tell. Yeah. I want you to really think about how your voice can be the loudest. There's no way to get rid of all of the other voices entirely. Um, By that, I really mean, so you can't filter out everything you've learned from society. You can reject it, but it still may be there partially. You might have had a lot of training in your educational background that told you, hey, Catherine, go create canon, right? Like, yes, that might be there, but I want you to decide on purpose what you're trying to do with this project and have that be the loudest in your head. So let's talk about intention here. Mm -hmm. What do you want the reader experience to be? What do you want your readers to come away with? I have been asking myself that question of why, why do I want to write the story and what do I want, you know, readers to learn? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, without giving away too much of the topic, um, I think, you know, the sibling relationship in this book will be the heart of the book. And there will also be um, elements of like nationalism um, in it that are probably very important as well. Um, So those are just like general themes. And, you know, I've heard that one should never write a book around a theme. But I think that that's what's, you know, important to me um, in, in tackling this project is I have like these issues that I want to um, address and hopefully execute well. Um, I mean, I think one should never take writing advice that doesn't work for them. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Sometimes that holds me up too. I'll think something and then I'll be like, oh, I'm not allowed to think that. Um, or, But why then not? I waste time. Yeah. Then I waste time thinking like, oh, then I'm my whole approach as a writer is wrong. Yeah, Um, but it's not. And how do we know that you've already produced books? Right. Right. You really can study yourself a little more to kind of set aside the conventional advice that you've heard. 
and think about what really works for me. Yes. So if you like to write on theme, it's not like your book is just theme. It's got all kinds of things in there. Metaphor, dialogue, beautiful sentences, prose, whatever. It's all going to be in there. Yes. And, and of course, like the most important thing, I think, for any book is that the reader, you know, feels something. Yeah. Um, and, and the reader has to be moved in some way. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, pretty sentences can, can help with that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, a and a good story could help with that. But, um, you know, hopefully the, so yeah, so that occurred to me too, that, you know, how, how will I create that emotional impact, which is, you know, a, the connection with the reader that's really at the core of everything. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about how you need to be feeling in order to create. And I want you to even think back to how you've created in the past, particularly when you're in a good flow state where you're just, you know, when you like the clock doesn't exist for you. I know you and I have talked about that before. Yes. Um, it's interesting because I feel like my mentality for the first book was so much better mm -hmm. in that I really had the blinders on. Yeah. And I didn't even like sense um, the hate or like the, you know, like the, the bad stuff. It just like, it, I was like totally like oblivious to it. It was kind of crazy. Like when I think back about it, like I didn't you, let it. I that's didn't, available well, I to you now. What? That's available to you now. I know. It's just, but I feel like a, it's, I know, but I feel like a different person now. It's nuts that I was able to have that thick skin, like when I was just starting out. And like, now that I feel I'm, I'm writing better and, and doing slightly better, it's like that, that skin has kind of like shed and now I have a thin skin. It's horrible. So um, I don't even know that it's thick skin. I want to draw your attention to the fact that it was your focus. You weren't focused on reception. You were focused on creating. And I wrote about this recently in my newsletter because people often say like, you have to take the bad feedback along with the good. And I disagree because that's not your ideal audience, but really that it's just a question of focus. What are you paying the most attention to? At that time, you said, I put my blinders on. You have the option now of putting your blinders back on and really focusing on the people that you are creating for. We're not ever creating for the haters, ever. So no. it's like asking someone in your kitchen who doesn't know how to cook the kind of food you want. Right. They don't belong there. Right. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Um, yeah, I like what you said about um, that it's just, it's focus and not having to deal with like, ignorance mm -hmm. or um not having to necessarily because you hear that so much about like writers having have to have, to have like a thick skin and which um, i think is a lie we're the most sensitive people on the planet yeah that's very true yeah like that allows us to create for other people entire emotional experiences for 200 to 350 pages tell me yeah. how that comes from someone with a thick skin doesn't yeah we're like porous like sponges yes that, that's very true so it's like do you really want to be a thick-skinned teflon kind of person i don't i just don't want to pay attention to it i know it's there mm -hmm. 
I don't want it in my kitchen. I'm like, get out of my kitchen. Yeah, I guess what it comes down to, I think you're totally right, is um, whether you want to make that choice, like seeking out criticism and, you know, talking about it over email and like, and, you know, just like anguishing over it. Or do you want to use that time to like read a good book or, you know, start a new chapter or imagine something like a new scene? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a practice, right? Yes. You have to get in the practice of not allowing for that feedback to kind of permeate. So you might not look for it. Maybe you stay off Goodreads. Maybe you oh, have someone gosh, else good filter reads. Amazon, I know, <laughs> aka the meanest place on the internet. <laughs> for authors at least. I just I I don't know how to feel about Goodreads. I I just, I have no idea. I just don't understand how, I mean, just like myself excluded, right? I mean, I just, you know, there are some books that I admire so much. And then I see the rating that they get, like their average rating, and it just mm -hmm. breaks my heart. And I just, I don't know how that happens. I use that as really positive evidence that it has nothing to do with me. So oh. it doesn't break my heart, although I'm always sad for anyone, you know, I, I, that kind of unkindness that you sometimes see. But I really think like it's a shared universal experience of creating and then having to at least have, even if you're not directly putting yourself in front of it, creating comes with criticism. Yes. So it's like, can you allow for that? But let's come back to your book that you're working on right now. Mm -hmm. So now that you see that there's not a shadow hanging over you, mm -hmm. it's more like a safety net. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's and that you know cave that I want to run back yeah. to and sit in. Of course, because <laughs> it's, it's cold and wet, but it's home. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you're trying to get back out into the sunlight where there's like food and water mm -hmm. and opportunity for growth, which is really what we're here to do, I think. That's my personal philosophy. Yeah. Um, How can you go back into the mood of creating for people? Of really like leaning into theme. Because that's what you're excited about. Making your own rules, being the loudest voice in your own head. Yeah, I'm really into like big emotions, mm -hmm. like big, big scenes, like the, those, those kind of like old, you know, like old Hollywood movie scenes where there's like a whole symphony playing in the background. I love those kinds of scenes. Yes. And it like everything reaches a climax. Um, I think I have to find that place that brings me, I wouldn't even call it joy. It's just where I, you know, like like we talked about before, the word neutral is such a good word. And I need to like find my, my neutral again. I think you're finding it. I think a really good question to ask when we have kind of pried the lid open to what we're creating through our thoughts. And have had some kind of insight. So here you're seeing that you have a choice here and you're going to choose the thing that might feel temporarily uncomfortable, but you don't have to have a thick skin to create this thing. You just need to really focus. So the question that follows that is, how can I apply this today or tomorrow? So what will this mean for your writing life if you just really take this in? I feel a schedule would help. Mm -hmm. um, in the past, we've we've talked about like visualizing, not even visualizing, just like coming up with um, 
your ideal day. And I think that that really helps. It's it's not even like saying like, oh, you have you have only like 15 a 15 minute block of time to do something because that for me would be too rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more just like having these um, blocks of, of time where you know what you're, you're supposed to be doing, um, whether it's, and it could just be reading and there's no, for me, I don't like to set limits on, you know, I have to reach a certain number of pages or something because that gives me too much pressure. Same. Uh, yeah. I would think about creating space. Yeah. So, and even if let's say you're reading to write this book, I know there's a lot of research involved in your books. Just thinking about how can I be in that creative mindset where I'm focusing on what I am making as opposed to how it'll be received. Yeah. Yeah, that's super important. Um, and I have to allow myself, which I didn't so much for you know the publication process, I... <laughs> that was like a lot of self-punishment and a lot of um, just like, um, you know, being upset and anger directed at myself. But I feel like in the creative process, I, it's much easier for me to allow myself to enjoy that, that, that time that I'm, that you're creating something, that something's, you know, sort of coming to life under your, your pen, so to speak. Yeah. And isn't that the point? Yes. I just, I was thinking of, um, something that I was that Neil Gaiman because remember when you told me to like come up with a list of um five writers who who have both like commercial success and like critical success mm-hmm. and so I, I made that list and Neil Gaiman was like was one of them on that list um I love his work and he I mean he obviously sets no boundaries for himself and he just you know he said in a commencement speech well, he was invited to give like one of those speeches at those graduation ceremonies. And I can't remember which school it was. I think it was in Pennsylvania. But um, he he said, like, you know, whatever happens, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, whatever happens, just like, you know, you have to make good art. Like, that's the solution to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard that, I felt like something sort of like stir within me, mm-hmm. like sort of like wake up again. Um, but... Yeah, I think maybe that is the solution to to like all the angst that I've been feeling lately about, you know. So really connecting to your purpose and asking, why am I doing this? Especially when you know. So sometimes in life, we're in an in-between place. Um, I certainly work with a lot of people where they they don't know like, oh, I just want to write a bunch of books or I, I want to set things. So it's a little different. But when you do know what your goal is, and I know yours is to have this long enjoyable career. I think connecting with your purpose again is going to be really meaningful for you. Mm. You might even have something written out. Maybe it's the line or two from Neil Gaiman. Maybe it's something that you put in your own words to just remind yourself every day, like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Yeah, we need author, like an author, like first aid kit or like a safety tool. Yes. But remember (laughs) that you are your first aid kit. Yeah, it starts with you really taking control and thinking about your goals. Yes, so good. Thank you. No, thank you. It's truly my pleasure. I love chatting with you. Yeah, me too. Likewise, thank you again for having me on your podcast. You're Such so an welcome. exciting venture. Thank you. 
Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co, that's evenbetter.co, to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.